Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to another Bean Town Friday edition of the Ice Guys, Friday, January 12th, presented by our good friends at Boston Hemp Inc. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we'll be joined by Jimmy Murphy, our Friday Bean Town Friday guest later on in the show. And we're ready to break down the Friday card, a very small, short NHL card tonight, just two games on tap. So a large part of the show will be looking back toward at last night. And the big slate we saw on Thursday. And we'll also uh, talk about a couple of news items uh, that have taken place in the NHL over the last. Um, actually, you know what? We'll do the news items first, uh, and then we'll get into the Thursday card. A couple that I want to talk about. And we were talking about it, Alex and I, before the show started. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens and the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, mutually agreed to find him a quote-unquote new scenario. Now, he hasn't formally requested a trade, Elvis Merzlikens, but... Uh, right now, it appears that the uh, end of the road is near uh, for Elvis Merzlikens and his tenure with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, he's a little disgruntled that he's healthy. He's available to play. That's not been the issue. And yet Pascal Vincent, the head coach of the Blue Jackets, has been giving a lot of starts lately to Daniil Tarasov uh, and others. You know, and Spencer Martin even, you know, has seen the net more often the last little bit for Columbus than Elvis Merzlikens. And Elvis is frustrated. He says, I get it. You know, I've had things to deal with in the past. We still remember Matisse Kivlenik's tragic passing with the fireworks mishap. Uh, he's had to deal with that. He's had to deal with some mental struggles from that. It's probably not been easy for him to play his best hockey uh, in between the pipes because of that. Uh, he thought now that he's healthy, he's in a, I think to me, coming into the season, based on what I had seen from his social media, that Elvis Merzlikens was in a much better me mental frame of mind, was ready to maybe put his best season together. Uh, and yet, you know, he had to, uh, I, I don't think he was bad uh, early in the season. I think he was decent, uh, but then he got hurt and then he's come back though, and he's ready to go. And he's still not getting the no bona fide number one uh, goaltending position at this team, and he's frustrated, and I think he's fed up. And to be honest with you, I think he's also looking for a reason to go somewhere else because I think he's ready for a fresh start. We've talked about how tone-deaf we think Columbus is with sounding off the cannons uh, at the home games. Uh, and I know that's the tradition, and it's, it's, it's not that I don't like that they do it and the tradition of them doing that. It's the lack of sensitivity to what Elvis Merzlikens, their goalie, has gone through, and that here in that bang, you know, it brings back like it's that PTSD type deal. You have those bad memories that keep coming back and flooding back into your memory about that tragedy with his best friend. Whenever you hear something like that, the cannons, it's just a bad, bad, you know, vibe to be putting out there when he's in net. So I think it's just, you know, get the fuck out of Columbus, take, get a new start, get a fresh start, change a pace, change a scenery and see if you can restart your career. And it wouldn't shock me with wherever he goes. Cause it looks like it's done with him in Columbus. If he goes there and relaxes and is in a better frame of mind, a uh, happier place and ends up playing well. And so we wish him well. He's had to deal with a lot of shit. Uh, we certainly wish him the best moving forward, Alex, no doubt with Elvis Merzlikens, wherever his next destination may be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just been a, a crazy whirlwind of a situation for him over the last few years. Like you said, mentioning, you know, having that situation going through where, you know, uh, 
losing a teammate and a friend and in the in the, the way that that happened and then like I said you know trying to bounce back and keep in mind we also dealt with the pandemic we dealt with this unbalanced schedule you had a Columbus team that at one point, you know, in the bubble, they were a playoff team and, and you know, kind of going through the motions and different things, coaching changes. There's all kind of stuff that's been going on in and on and off the ice in his life that has just been unstable. Anybody could go through that kind of thing. I, I completely understand and sympathize with that, uh, having changes over the years and, and things that you can't control and, and your mental health sometimes gets out of whack. But there's no fucking way you can tell me that Spencer Martin and Daniil Tarasov the better tandem than having Elvis Muslikins in, that's ridiculous. And this Columbus team is an absolute mess. You talk about uh, messy teams in the Metro Division. I'm sure we'll get to another one of those in a little bit. But Columbus is a dumpster fire. Uh, you know, I'm not a really big fan of, of what Vincent's done as a coach. I'm not a big fan of what Kekka Lyons done as the GM. Just talking about, you know, with the different uh, goaltenders. Muslikins, keep in mind, it was not uh, Kekka Lyons' uh, uh, draft pick. All the other goaltenders that we've seen throughout that uh, Columbus organization, none of them have been any good. There's a reason we haven't seen a whole lot of guys really push and challenge him, uh, even even when he was dealing with issues. Kev Lennox, you know, rest in peace, was probably the best prospect they had moving forward, and he would have been the guy that would, you know, be starting or, or attending with him right now. So with that being said, they've had to try to juggle things around and get things flowing. They just haven't. You know, and the, the, the mishap this is all season with the Babcock signing. There's just a lot of just unbalanced shit going on with this Columbus team. And, you know, they already have enough trouble as is trying to sign free agents because nobody really wants to be in Columbus compared to some of the other great cities you have in the NHL. So when you add that in, now you have this instability. You're rocking the boat with one of your, you know, longest tenured uh, and one of your most well-liked, as far as the fans go, players in that organization. This is just a, a bad look all around. So it's a complete mess. And I hope Elvis leaves the building. You know, tells him to take that cannon and shove it, and he goes somewhere else and, uh, you know, can prosper and have a good rest of his career. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see how, how where he goes because I think it sure sounds like everything you read from, you know, your Aaron Ports lines of the world and Swobodas and all these guys that cover the Blue Jackets, it's finished. It's done. It's it's They're moving on. Uh, and Elvis Merzlikens is moving on from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Another bit of news we want to mention, and uh, didn't we just hear Alex talk about uh, on a recent show – uh, let's get it done. Let's get them signed. Let's get Nick Foligno back with the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, they didn't, uh, I think someone was listening to you, Kyle Davidson, man. He watches this show. I'm telling you, Kyle Davidson's a big Ice Guys fan, apparently. <laughs> he just can't get enough of this show. Uh, and uh, he must have heard that. you, Alex. <laughs> he must have heard, some, uh, of course, we're kidding, but obviously he <laughs> was right in you know, lockstep with you and saying yeah. that it's time to get Nick Foligno signed long-term. He is perfect for this team right now with what they've got with the young group. You know, he's fit in seamlessly as far as mentoring and, uh, you know, basically uh, grooming the younger kids, how to be a pro, how to do things the right way. And more importantly, he's like the big cop uh, on the team. Uh, you know, when someone's going to push around a Connor Bedard or a Kurashev or Reichel or one of the younger skilled players, Nick Foligno's right there to get in someone's grill and say, hey, fuck you, you're not getting away with that. Uh, and I love that. He's got great leadership qualities. And look, he's played some pretty nice hockey for Chicago this year. Let's yep. not forget that. The guy can still play. Uh, there's no doubt. Now, from an offensive standpoint, you know, I'm not sure he's quite producing like he once did. Um, but at the same point in time, there's just so many pros and positives to keeping a guy like Nick Foligno around on a young team like this here with the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's great to see. And Alex, not many people, I'm sure, happier than you about that development re-signed for the next two years. 
Yeah, so I am truly thrilled. Like you said, you know, we talked about this. You saw the right away. You could see where he was going to develop and be that natural leader in the room, even though they had other veterans that were signed. But he kind of stepped up and filled that role nicely. And, you know, there was so much pressure and talk about who would, you know, be the captain this year. Would they be a captain? And I'm, I'm so grateful that the Hawks decided to not give the seat to anyone. Uh, this year. I, I think that deserved respect uh, for Jonathan Taves being the longest tenured captain. You don't follow that up right away. And the Hawks have made a history of not following up long tenured captains by just giving the seat to someone immediately. And that being said, I think Felino has certainly earned that. I would love for them to wait until the last home game of the year and put the C on him, let the fans see it, and, and really kind of embrace that, hey, you know what? This is the next step we're taking, and this is the guy who's going to carry us there from a leadership perspective. And I know everybody's waiting and saying, well, Bedard's going to be the captain soon. I don't think Bedard's captain material, in my opinion. And that's not a knock on him at all. I think he's going to be an incredible elite superstar in this league for years to come. And he's much like a Sir Patrick Kane, a guy who I never thought would be uh, a great captain. And there's a reason we never saw him wear the C. Even in times when Taves was out, we saw him wear an A. But he didn't really lead you know, you didn't see him barking at guys on the bench like you saw with Taves. You know, everybody remembers that famous Taves clip of Taves skating in the box during the playoffs when he's talking to Brent Seabrook after a really bad penalty, kind of calm him down and say, hey, listen, we're going to kill this thing. We got this. That's not really Patrick Kane's style. He leads by example on the ice. He's going to give you that highlight reel goal. He's going to, you know, give you these these great plays and, and, and dazzle everybody where the things that need to be taken care of behind the scenes, you need a different kind of guy for that. And so in saying that, I think Felino's the kind of guy who could be like a Taves, you know, you know, getting somebody's ass when you need to in the locker room, kind of manage things and, and pace things. And, and when you need stuff done on the ice, that's when the leadership of number 98 is going to come out. You need those two goals late in the game to get you back and tie it, put the puck on his stick and let him work. That's where he shows his leadership. He doesn't need a letter on his on his uh, sweater to, to do that. So in saying that, I'm glad Felino's sticking around for another couple of years and I hope he gets to see sooner than later. Absolutely. Well-deserved, well-earned. All right, let's recap Thursday's games, and then we'll get into previewing the two Friday night games uh, in NHL action from a betting perspective. Uh, let's start with last night. It was a very good betting night, uh, very good uh, overall. No complaints for yours truly uh, with the results on the betting board uh, for uh, the Thursday night card. More wins than losses, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. We start with Ottawa-Buffalo, where – uh, it was a sweep for me in that game. Sabres money line, Sabres team total uh, over three and a half, uh, and also the full game over six and a half, all coming through with the uh, Buffalo five to three win. Like I say, Ottawa just Ottawa's not going to turn things around at uh, maybe not ever, quite honestly, at this rate. But at least not until they get back home and they have practice time with Jacques Martin to implement the system to teach someone how to fucking defend somebody uh, on this hockey team which apparently is still not something that they're doing uh, at this point in time. I mean, the defensive play has been just atrocious, been absolutely horrendous for the uh, Ottawa Senators, and it continues uh, in a bad way last night. 5-3 win for the uh, Buffalo Sabres there. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks and the Carolina Hurricanes, what a crazy game this was. Both starting goalies end up leaving the game due to injury uh, for that Ducks-Hurricanes game last night. First one being Pyotr Kochetkov. And for uh, for him, it didn't look great. You know, he got it was a big collision. Yeah, I think he hit his head. There's some contact with the head in the ice, although the mask kind of came off. Uh, he needed some help going back to the uh, dressing room. He did not return. Uh, Anti Ranta finished that game uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And then John Gibson also 
leaving the game due to injury for the uh, Anaheim Ducks last night. And Lukas Dostal had to end up replacing him uh, in between the pipes last night. So we had a Dostal uh, Ranta finish after it started Gibson Kochetkov. And for uh, Kochetkov, this could be days, if not weeks, because he is in concussion protocol uh, right now for the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's a concern because we know we like him as a young goalie that's going to keep getting better. We both view uh, Kochetkov as probably the future of this uh, Carolina Hurricanes team in net. Uh, and now you've got to bank on Antti Ranta, and you're going to probably have to call up someone from the uh, AHL, probably that young kid again, who was up for, with the uh, Hurricanes briefly uh, earlier this season. And uh, he didn't get into a game, and he didn't make a start, but he was called up, and I think you're probably going to see the same thing. Yeah, Yaniv Peretz uh, here uh, is called up from uh, AHL. So it's Ranta and Peretz and Kochetkov. You know, this is not going to be uh, this is not going to be day to day. Rod Brindamore already said earlier today, concussion protocol indefinitely. He is out. So we're talking maybe weeks, if not if not a month or two. You never know with this concussion shit. You know, and the symptoms that stem from an incident like this, they could linger for you know, weeks, if not months. And that's why we're quite wondering, you know, how long this absence could be for uh, Kochetkov. But Alex, I'll throw it to you. I mean, you know how we feel about Ronta and the stable of goaltenders after Kochetkov. One of them is, again, still not available and Anderson, who's still out and has no clear timetable to return. So this is bad news for Carolina, flat out. Yeah, this is this is really bad news, and I, I you probably have seen this you know kind of confused look on my face because I just went to Cap Friendly, was just kind of looking at the whole overview of Carolina's organization. They really don't have anybody they can even call upon at this point. Uh, if if Parrots or, or or Ronta goes down, and we know how Ronta getting hurt, that's almost uh, you know it's not chalk necessarily, but you can kind of almost damn your bank on it. What are they going to do? They have a bunch of guys who are literally just over in Europe who are prospects that are nowhere near ready to even be called over to jump into a professional game in North America. So they're going to have to sign somebody. We're talking about, you know, uh, Elvis Muslikens possibly being on the move. Maybe that's uh, something they could try and, and work on. But they're going to have to do something with this goaltender. It's been an absolute nightmare. And I don't feel bad for Carolina one bit because we called this in July. You had no business re-signing Ronte. You had no business signing Anderson. But to check off getting hurt, that can happen. But you should have had way more on the cover, and you should have signed more durable goaltending. So Carolina's in the jackpot right now, and that's unfortunate because they're playing some decent hockey. But to now have to deal with uh, this and possibly run a four-string goaltender or get somebody off the street before you can make a deal, uh, it's an absolute mess. They're going to have to do something soon, very, very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Don Waddell's got to get on the horns and get a goalie. That's 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 that simple. You got to get someone. You know, and I don't care what it is. It could be a Martin Jones type move like the Toronto Maple Leafs made. And look at how well that's come through for them uh, with all the issues they've had to deal with so far. So they got to make some kind of move to get a goalie in there. Uh, there's no doubt. And um, we'll see uh, what kind of move happens for this team uh, moving forward. But definitely that is uh, something that's uh, concerning for Carolina, the absence of Kochenkov. And we know what kind of season Ranta's had, not the one where we have the utmost confidence in him. Uh, right now, and he's going to have to take the workload. Simple as that right now uh, with Kochetkov out. Uh, other games last night, uh, Edmonton 3-2. What a weird game. I mean, all the goals uh, happened in the third period. A scoreless first 40 minutes, and the uh, overly enthusiastic oftentimes Jack Michaels 
the Edmonton Oilers television voice. Uh, he had a great uh, post on social media, but it was the first time, and I can't remember the exact time frame, but I'll have to look at it, but I, I, I tweeted, it's been forever, basically, that the Oilers have played a scoreless first 40 minutes in a hockey game prior to last night. So uh, that was definitely uh, interesting to uh, see, but it had been a while, obviously, uh, since uh, uh, Edmonton's been involved in a game like that, no question, where we've got 0-0. There it is, first time an Oiler game scoreless after 40 since April 2022. <laughs> there you go, almost two full years uh, wow. that it's been. Wow, that it's been that long as far as uh, not uh, having um, uh, goals until the third period of the game. So I can't say I'm shocked. We know Edmonton's been a high-scoring team and a defensively suspect team you know, at times. Uh, in uh, recent years, uh, but three, two Edmonton, they find a way. Look again, they, just this is what good teams do. You know, maybe was it their best game? No, uh, Detroit got on the board first, but Edmonton finds a way Darnell nurse with the overtime winner uh, and they get the job done three, two, although I'll credit to the uh, Detroit goaltender, uh, Alex Lyon, 47, 17 were the shots uh, in favor of the Oilers last night in that game. So they were clearly uh, the dominant team as far as puck possession and, offensive zone time and scoring chances and Alex Lyon was absolutely brilliant uh, and he gets the and he's the reason that Detroit got that game to overtime so 3-2 Edmonton last night they win in OT uh, LA Kings another lead goes by the wayside and this is this is two games in a row they've done this is a few games now we've seen this out of them not protecting a lead which has been their strength for years um, and Florida ties it late in the third 2-2 uh, penalty uh, that penalty was a little dubious i must say i didn't think that was a great penalty call at all uh, in overtime against yeah. la that gave florida the power play which won them that game and in the dying second sam reinhardt scores let's go home baby from uh steve goldstein goldie on ice on the panther broadcast which is great actually overtime call if i must say uh and uh florida with the win uh nine straight wins now for the cardiac cats and look i said it last night i'm I'm not ever going to just – I'm not. I'm done with the days of saying, you know what, team's red hot, but the other team is in a great spot. Let's bet the other team. And that's exactly why I was not betting L.A. last night in that game. I know the spot was in the Kings' favor, desperate team, struggling at Florida off a long road trip, a brilliant road trip, maybe a flat spot, but I still value the current form in my handicap each and yeah. every day. And the current form said, Florida's the better team right now. You can't stand in front of them. You can't get in the way of this eight-game win streak when two of those wins on the road trip were them dummying the last two Stanley Cup champions. You can't step in front of a team like that right now. And that's exactly why I didn't get involved with the side. But I did have a piece of the draw, and I know you did. And what a night for draws last night. If you don't believe in draw season now after last night, you're never going to convert to getting on board the draw season movement. If you don't believe in it last night, that sequence at around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time last night, when we saw the Oilers and Red Wings, the Kings and the Panthers, the Canucks and the Penguins, the Devils and the Lightning, the Maple Draws and the Tylanders all go to overtime all within like a 15 minutes of real time sequence. I mean, I was, my remote was just getting a workout. I'm like, bing, bang, boom. I'm trying to keep, <laughs> see everything that happens in live in real time uh, and trying to keep an eye on it. It was exciting. What an exciting 15 minutes. We had like five or six games all sequentially there uh, going to uh, overtime in that 7 p.m. Eastern window. 
Uh, so Florida wins 3-2. Another one of those overtime games for Vancouver. 4-3 win against Pittsburgh. Uh, they got off to that quick start. They get the win in overtime, though, after Pittsburgh ties it late. Demko was very solid. Again, he robbed Crosby late in the third period on a, on a chance. He was very good. And then Pittsburgh uh, gets a chance in overtime. Demko makes the save. Canucks go right back down, and Pedersen puts it away through the wickets of Jari uh, for the overtime winner. And the Canucks just find ways. Just absolutely terrific. Uh, Canucks team total over in the Canucks money line cash. Seattle Kraken. Uh, they get the job done last night against Washington, four to one. And shout out to uh, Alex for the puck line uh, splurge on Seattle. He didn't just stop at the money line; he went a little plus two hundred five uh, with Seattle puck line and got that to cash in as well. Four to one Seattle. Uh, What's that? Nine straight or eight straight for them now. Uh, and Joey Decord, I mean, another terrific performance. And this is just, you know, he's become a guy that's, he's putting up Marty Brodeur in his prime numbers the last eight or nine starts. Like he's given up like two or less in majority of his starts. He's been terrific. Last night, 25 saves on 26 shots. Uh, another very, very strong performance uh, from him. And like I said, this Seattle Kraken team, uh, they are another one of the many teams in the NHL rolling right now with their eighth straight win last night in that game against Washington. We were all over it. Matt, Alex, myself, we all liked Seattle uh, in that game. I thought it was cheap. And I said this online too, Alex, and then I'll throw it to you after this to comment because I know you agree. Um, you cannot buy into this trap line stuff. And, and we saw this last night where, or yesterday on the show, we're all just puzzled. We're all just thinking to ourselves, what's happening here? How is Vancouver plus 110, plus 115 underdog at Pittsburgh? with how good Vancouver's played and with how inconsistent Pittsburgh has been. How the hell is a team like Seattle that has won seven straight games, even money, at Washington last night when the Capitals are absolutely, you know, untrustworthy and they're coming back down to earth? And let's be real. Yeah, their record was good. They were winning games they probably shouldn't have, but all the analytics and other stats that you look at say they weren't going to sustain that. And we figured, hey, Seattle's playing the better hockey right now. How are they only minus 110? with where that line opened. And it makes you think, am I walking into a trap with Seattle and Vancouver last night? The answer was no. The answer was no. You went 2-0 and in those games. So this theory that, and I keep people uh, see this, and I do a lot of shows and in other sports, on other channels as well. And there's always people in the chat that say, oh, this is a trap line. Don't bet it. I'm done believing that. We thought maybe Seattle was a trap line last night. Nope, they cashed. We thought Vancouver was a trap line last night. Nope, they cashed. So put that thinking out of your mind don't buy into trap lines don't believe in trap lines do your handicapping do your due diligence handicap the matchup the spot the schedule the injuries you name it look for value and if it all comes together and it, and even though that that line may look like a trap if you think that team that uh, is undervalued and is the right side you bet it simple as that and you stick with it you stick with your conviction uh, and don't buy into the trap line stuff. As to me, the more I do this over the years, the more, yeah. Uh, and and to me, there's going to be games where you do the trap line team does win the other team, um, but you can't just say, oh, I lost that because it was a trap. No, it's just that team didn't get it done. Trap lines, I, I'm not buying it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too, and I think you know there's a, yeah. a gap right within gamblers, especially hockey betters. Those who've been betting with them, say, starting in the last five years, probably would say, oh, yeah, trap lines. But anybody who before that, you know, and it's funny, next week will actually be uh, 12 years 
So the 19th will be 12 years to the date where I made my first official bet on a hockey game that I sent out to clients. Um, and in, in saying that and seeing all the changes over the years, the books, you can't. The books That's your way of saying are, we're getting old, basically. Yeah, right. We're getting old, one. But the books, we've been seeing soft lines, bullshit lines for years. They're not sharp enough still at this point to give out trap lines, set trap lines. They're not doing that. If they are, they're doing that in the playoffs. They're not doing that in the middle of the regular season. So, no. The reason why that line was so low in that Vancouver-Pittsburgh game is because this is Vancouver's longest road trip of the season. And it's Pittsburgh, who's a public darling. They will always take money regardless, as long as there's a Sidney Crosby on that team. They're going to take money. Uh, and so it, and it made sense. And the books will still look like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't the worst line in the world because it was 4-3 and the game went overtime. Now, that Seattle-Washington line was absolutely abysmal. And that's why I grabbed puck line as well, because Seattle is playing far better than Washington at, at any point. In time, take any Washington team from opening night to now and put them against Seattle right now. They aren't winning that game. They just simply aren't. Seattle just just they are light years ahead of of Washington right now. But they were always a better team than Washington, so that was a, a, just a bad line. So yeah, these the, the theory of trap lines. Yeah, completely throw it out of the window. Maybe in hoops, maybe in football. Sure, certainly not in the NHL. Yeah, I agree fully. Uh, you got to do your handicapping. You know, you you can't just say, oh, oh this line looks uh, suspicious. I can't bet this side looks too suspicious. No, I abandoned that way of thinking years ago. And I implore everyone watching and listening to this show right now. And I assume all of you bet on hockey. That's why you're here. Uh, You do the uh, same thing, you know, just stick with your handicap. And if you think it's the right side, the right way to go about it, then you bet it. No questions asked. Uh, Also uh, last night, as we keep our recap going, uh, it was a huge night. Like I said, we had those overtime games. Tampa Bay, 4-3 against New Jersey in OT. Uh, nice win for them. How about the Sharks? Snapping their losing streak. Back in the win column for the first time in a long time. They take down Montreal 3-2 uh, to two, uh, last night. Uh, look, they capitalized on their chances uh, in that game. Uh, it was pretty even, 35 shots apiece. It was a really good night for Blackwood. I thought he played a pretty good game uh, in net for the uh, Sharks, but uh, the Sharks end their losing streak. They get the job done with that 3-2 win against uh, Montreal. Uh, we mentioned, of course, uh, Seattle with the 4-1 win against Washington. The New York Islanders, 4-3 win against the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime last night. The Toronto Maple draws and the New York Islanders. Imagine that, the cash to draw. Shocking. Can't believe it. Uh, but it sure did, plus 380. It was a great price on that. That was a great game for me, too. I had first period both teams to score over 6.5. And the draw. So 3-0 and for me in that uh, game. Great to see it. I didn't touch a side, Leafs or Islanders. So uh, that over t- once that game got to overtime, I'm like, I'm going to enjoy a fun overtime here. I don't give two shits who wins this game. Because I'm not on anybody now <laughs> yeah. uh, from a money line standpoint. But Islanders win it right off a face-off. They get the overtime winner, Matt Barzell. And they come back from a 3-1 deficit to beat the uh, Leafs 4-3. Um, I can't even say Martin Jones was worse. He, a lot of the goals he had no chance on. There was a really good shot. He, had no, he didn't play that bad. Uh, he had not much of a chance on any of the goals, really, the, uh, in, in that game. Uh, and the Leafs, uh, and look, Sorokin held the fort when it got to 3-1. Two pr- terrific goals, by the way, from Austin Matthews, who continues to be just a lethal goal scorer right now. Seems like you can't make a mistake against him or else he'll put it in the back of the net. Uh, Blues 5-2 against the Rangers, uh, cashing my best bet uh, on the show last night. Rangers-Blues over six. It gets there with the 5-2 victory for St. Louis in that game last night. 
it's kind of seemed like Pavel Buch, someone, uh, there was a uh, post on social media on Twitter X last night, posting the clip of Pavel Buchnevich and shout out to Matty Robinson, who said Buchnevich is a goal prop on the show yesterday against his old team. He got the empty netter for the blues. He reacted like he had the under in that game. Uh, I mean, he looked like he was pissed that he scored into the empty net. He smacks his stick on the board. Like it was the funniest reaction that I think I've ever seen to someone scoring an empty net goal. It's almost like, why did I do that? Why did I score that goal? It was was bizarre. Let's put it that way with the way Buchnevich reacted. Uh, with that uh, empty net goal that he scored against the Rangers last night to put that maybe, game away. Maybe he had a, a, a friend had a blues by two. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he said, oh, someone I know had big money on that under or blues <laughs> by exactly two goals. I screwed yeah. them there. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm just weird. I mean, it's weird. It was really weird. You and you look like you, you made a mistake and you gave the puck away and they scored on it. That's the that's the reaction it was from Buchnevich yeah. when it was him putting the game away with scoring an empty net goal. Like it's not crazy to, to did, watch. It. Did anybody get hit with that piece of stick that went right over the glass? I don't know. I never I never heard anything after. I was waiting to hear after that game to see if something happened regarding that. It's that bad enough if someone were to get hit with a stick, but you could imagine getting hit with a stick when he's throwing the stick away in a nonsensical reason like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's, it's bizarre. Weird. Yeah, it was bizarre. We'll put it that way. The, the reaction, there's no doubt. Uh, and then the late games, we saw Winnipeg 2-1 to against Chicago. Uh, brutal beat if you had the draw because the Jets had that tied 1-1 and Chicago can't even get it to OT. Nikolai Ehlers with a – and look, he was very good most of the night, Peter Morozik. And, and Nikolai Ehlers, a hell of a player, great offensive player. He's got a good release, good shot. He's got to have that. Went right under the glove and in. Uh, and 2-1 uh, to one Jets. Uh, they get it in regulation against Chicago. Um, one thing we're finding out about Chicago, Alex, is Luke Richardson wants Katie bar the door hockey. He wants tight, defensive-minded hockey right now. We're too banged up, too many key forwards out, including, of course, Connor Bedard right now uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. And they're trying to play low and slow, low-scoring games, grind out two-to-one victories. They almost did last night. That game was one nothing for a while, but uh, Winnipeg gets the two in the third to win two-to-one. Calgary six to two against Arizona. That was another good betting game here, other than the draw. But we had the first period and the full game over with the Flames and the Coyotes last night. How about a hat trick for Igor Sharangovich? Uh, he is rolling again with the goals for the uh, Calgary Flames. Blake Coleman scores again. We talked about him on the show yesterday as well. Uh, a nice win for Calgary. Another really, really tough night at the office for Karel Vimelka. Uh, pulled in the first period. Uh, it's just been a bad run for him. Uh, but what is that now? He gave up, I think, four before he got pulled last night. Uh, and then, of course, he gave up five, uh, six, I should say, to the Jets in a recent home game as well. So hasn't been good for Vimelka. He's definitely struggling as far as his form is concerned. Calgary uh, really scoring goals in bunches lately. Their offense is humming. Uh, and Ryan Huska wants them to be up-tempo and aggressive offensively this year. So they're starting to play that way with success. Six goals in that 6-2 win last night. Uh, two to one for the Vegas Golden Knights against Boston in overtime. Um, found a way to win. Uh, give the Vegas Golden Knights credit. They stuck with it. Uh, Boston ties it on the Matt Grizzlick point shot. And then Vegas uh, gets the uh, victory in overtime. I don't know what Pasternak was doing in the neutral zone in overtime. Like, you got to yeah. hold back there. If you're not going to get the guy rushing the puck through the neutral zone, you've got to get back and help your D out, especially in a three on three scenario like that. And he just left uh, basically a gaping amount of time and space then for an easy two-on-one 
conversion for Vegas, and they made no mistake about it. They win two to one. Uh, we're going to have Jimmy probably joining us any moment, and we're going to ask him, is it glass half full or glass half empty for the Boston Bruins? Yeah. yeah, they get a point in each of these three games on this road trip, the loser point, Colorado, Arizona, and Vegas, but they lose all three games uh, beyond regulation. So how do you look at it? Happy you got a point in each game or disappointed and frustrated that you didn't get a single W uh, in those three games against the Bruins, Yotes, and Avs uh, on this road trip. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the remaining games from last night? Yeah, well, just start with that. I mean, this is the whole point. This is why we talk about, you know, draw season. This is what, what it's all about. It's about these good teams who are going through these slumps but still finding ways to at least get that one point in the standings play, you know, some some spirited competitive hockey and at least, you know, give yourself a chance to win it in overtime or a shootout. If you can do that as opposed to what L.A. is doing, and, and I guess L.A., you can give them credit. They've done that in each of the last two games. But that's the point. You're going to lose games down the stretch. But the thing is, if you can find ways to at least stay competitive and, and get that extra point in the standings, it, it, it doesn't hurt as much, especially when you start getting into March and April. So I wouldn't be too, too worried about Boston, but – Definitely, you know, it's not going to be smooth sailing like last year, too. And that's the thing. It's so hard to look at this Bruins team this year because we can't compare them to last year. You have to throw last year out of the window. It's the same thing if we were seeing a, a team that had lost 60-something, 70-something games. You can't rely on, on seeing a team winning 50 or 60 games and, and, and draw those comparisons, too. So I think maybe the media and even our and the fan base and even us, we're kind of putting a little too much pressure on this Bruins team. They're not nearly as good as last year. They're kind of playing to their level right now, as far as I'm concerned. And then, so that's one game. And then to go back to kind of talking about the other, talk about the Hawks and Jets game. And anyone who had draw plus 450, I already had that pregame. You should have been looking at grabbing Jets money line late in, in, in the in the game. I got plus 300 when they were down one nothing because as great as Peter Morazic was in the second third period, it was all Peter Morazic. The defensemen were just basically standing there. You know, looking like traffic cones, things in the middle of the street, just shit, you just go right around. And and Morazic was making 10 bell saves. And at some point you knew the dam was gonna burst. And sure enough, it did. Goal to tie it, goal to win it. So if you had draw plus four fifty, it yeah, had a bad beat, but you should have, you know, been able to isolate yourself with something in pocket on, on Jets uh money line. Like I said, it was plus 200, plus 250, plus 300 for the majority of the third period. So definitely was lucky to uh, grab that and, and seize that moment. Of course, like I said, Maple Leafs and uh, Thailanders. I mean, that's just a, as good as it gets, you know, plus 360. I can't imagine we'll see that price again if these two teams play each other <laughs> again. You'll probably see something. I keep all my draw bets around the same amount. That's the one where I regret, like, I should have stepped it up a little bit with that. That was my, that was my highest one. That was, that was, yeah. that was a full unit where some of the, the the other draws last night were, were half units or quarter units. And uh, like I said, you know, you're looking at a team now with the Leafs, 41% of their games have gone past regulation and 38% of the Islanders games have gone past regulation. So even if you're betting five, 10 bucks the rest of the season on a draw, you'll still probably end up turning some profit if they can at least keep this same kind of pace moving in the next, you know, 38 to 40 games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's no question. They flashed the graphic up on the, the most overtime games in the NHL on the Leaf broadcast last night yeah. uh, on uh, TSN. And uh, it, it was Toronto Islanders. Columbus was right up there. Seattle was right up there. I think Philadelphia was right up there as well. So those are all the teams that you're looking at uh, as far as yeah. the most amount of overtime shootout games this year. 
Wait, let me look and see the top five. I'm bringing up Chris Otto's chart. Shout out to Chris Otto's also in the chat, too. But Toronto with 16. The Islanders with 16. Montreal with 15. Washington with 13. And Seattle with 13. And now Boston with 13 as well because that game went all, um, went over went in overtime last night as well. So. Yeah, and not far behind, like I said, would be uh, Seattle and Philly. They're right up there, too, uh, as far as uh, overtime uh, and uh, shootout games, no doubt. So a busy Thursday night in the books. Uh, let's turn our attention now to Friday. We have two games uh, on tap only, but, man, we're going to make up for it tomorrow. You better make darn sure you're all here for to join us tomorrow, noon Eastern. The Saturday card is all thir- it's an all 32 Saturday. All 32 NHL teams in action. 16 games coming your way Saturday. Uh, we'll be here along with our Saturday guy, Zach Urban, to break it all down tomorrow. So uh, we are looking forward to the uh, Saturday uh, show tomorrow. Uh, all 32 games in action. But before we get there, we have to talk about tonight. And we will begin with the uh, Nashville Predators taking on the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, currently, we see the uh, Stars as uh, around a minus uh, 170. Uh, home favorite in this game. The total, uh, six and a half, shaded to the over in this game. Decisions, 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 as far as the Dallas first period overs are concerned. What do we do with the Dallas Stars? Because suddenly we've seen a couple games in the first period stay under, and yet the full games are still, for the most part, going over the total. Uh, And we saw it again the other night against Minnesota, where it was a one-goal first period, to stay under the first period total, but it ended up exploding to 7-2 in favor of the Dallas Stars, and the full game over uh, would have cashed in that game. I decided, look, and we know Dallas and Nashville have played each other, I believe, twice now in a row where the first period under has cashed between them. The game in Nashville where Dallas stole it in the final minute, and then the last game, which actually went over in the full game, stayed under in the first period as well. So the question is, what do you want to do with the total here in this game? Do you just bet full game? Because I, I am on the full game over, but do you also throw in that first period over in this game? And I'm going to throw in and split it up here. And I am going to try the first period over here. Although this is one of those games where I've got a little bit more of a percentage on the full game uh, at six and a half, a little less uh, on the first period over. But the reason why I like over still in this game, look at these two teams right now. Uh, you look at Nashville in particular. UC Soros is in a full-blown slump right now. Uh, he is not, he's not seeing the puck. He's not. He has, I don't know what it is. Is it fatigue? Is it, you know, he's been worked pretty heavily this year by Brunette uh, in net, in, in goal. I mean, he's had a lot of starts under his belt, but my goodness, he's definitely struggling and feeling it right now as far as uh, lacking confidence, and he has not been as sharp. And, and if you look at his recent starts in between the pipes for the uh, Nashville Predators, five goals allowed to Anaheim, five to Calgary, five to Detroit, five to Carolina. I mean, it's been, I mean, five goals he has allowed now uh, in uh, four of his last five starts. And he actually had a shutout against Alex's Chicago Blackhawks in the middle of that bad stretch. Somehow he shut out Chicago. And then every other recent start, uh, he's given up five goals. Uh, so it's it hasn't been good, though. There's no question. He has uh, definitely hit a rough patch uh, in his season as far as stopping the puck uh, from UC Soros. Now, tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars, uh, they are going to likely um, go back to Scott Wedgwood. That being said, there's also some whispers going around, uh, and Peter DeBoer, at least yesterday, hinting that Jake Ottinger is closing in on a return, and that return might be tonight. So we'll have to wait and see on that. He's close to a return. 
doesn't impact my decision because if you remember, even if Jake Ottinger returns and plays tonight for Dallas, he didn't play great before his injury. He was struggling a bit, no doubt about that. And now you're talking about not only a guy that was struggling before the injury, but you're also talking about a goalie that's been out for a long period of time. Will he be sharp? Will he be on his game in his first start back in a while? I'm not so sure about that. So none of that, as far as whether it's Wedgwood or Ottinger tonight, deviates from my looks to the overs uh, in this game. First period and uh, full game. I'm also going to sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle on the draw uh, here uh, in this one. Um, now, I know uh, the last two meetings did not go to overtime, but it became as damn close as possible without going to overtime. Uh, in each of the last two head-to-head meetings. That game that Dallas stole in Nashville, 3-2, nearly went to overtime. And then, of course, it was 4-3 Nashville the last time these two teams played. So uh, I think in this situation here, um, we got a chance for OT. And like I said, yes, we've seen some regression. We've seen a little bit of a, a, a speed bump, if you will, in the brilliance of the Dallas Stars' first period overs uh, in the last few games. But I'm still going to go back to the well with it. First period over. A little bit more, though, on the full game here. Over six and a half tonight. Predators and Stars. Uh, and Nashville trending over the total heavily lately. And, of course, Dallas has been trending that way as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Nashville, Dallas. So this is a, a live game for me. And, like I said, with the the you know, end uh, of, the, of this trend now with the first period overs. And it, it's heavily on with involved with Nashville. Now we're talking about two and 10 uh, with the first period over between these two in the last 12 meetings. So even if, if the, if we hit cash in the last three, this one would still be probably one to look for a live or just completely stay off of. But I do like the live look here because like you mentioned, rather talking about a fatigued Wedgwood, uh, a Matthew Murray who did come off of a great performance against Minnesota, but granted Minnesota's offense isn't much of anything. Or talking about Jake Ottinger, who was shaky and then got hurt, now coming back off of injury. And any of those spots, I see goals. Then you're talking about UC Soros, who, yes, he has good numbers historically against Dallas, 12-9-1, or the goals against below three. But at the same time, he's been struggling of late. So he's looking at you know some good back-and-forth pace. And I also like this game to go uh, past overtime, or past regulation, rather, with the draw. He said, hasn't cashed in the last two, but now we're hitting into this, like I said, draw season. There's a criteria, and I'm going to actually get this to paper and, and write this and put this in the Patreon within the next week or so. But this is one of those games that fit into that criteria. you got a division matchup. You've got two teams that are battling. There's a possibility we could see these two teams play each other in the postseason, uh, depending on how things shake out. So when you have that kind of, 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 of space within the standings, two teams that already play each other close. And now we're getting here in the second half where points in your division are a premium. This is a, a key game for both teams. And if it's a close game, we're not going to see anybody, uh, you know, risk, you know, um, trying to make a, a huge play, put themselves in a spot where they end up giving up a bad goal and, and cost the team getting that one point. So they want to secure the points here. I like the regulation draw, but I'm going with that first period over and full game over live uh, Dallas, 13 straight full game overs at home. So uh, definitely something you want to work, you know, look for, but you can get a better price and a better number, I think, especially if we don't get any goals in the first period. We'll be getting great numbers with the full game over uh, in, in that contest. All right, there we go. Looking at live overs and the draw as well, uh, Alex, in this uh, game. And as far as props go, yeah, Gus Bus goes without saying. I mean, I've talked about Gustav Nyquist for a while, how good he's played for Nashville. Six goals, seven assists, 13 points in the last nine games. 
for Gustav Nyquist, also a nine-game point streak. So he's automatic for goal and assist props right now for me uh, at this point in time for Nashville. Uh, for Dallas here, I'd say go back to Sagan. Sagan's on fire right now. He's scored in every recent game, six goals, three assists, nine points in the last six games. Robertson's heating up. Three goals, one assist, four points. We always say, Alex and I, we're waiting for Robertson. Get rolling. Get on uh, yeah. a bit of a heater. Uh, and maybe he's going to start going on that kind of run for the uh, Dallas Stars. Speaking of people that are on a great run, our guy that's just joined us, as he does every Friday, Jimmy Murphy, is on a great run with his brand-new show uh, with Pierre Maguire, the Sick Podcast, The Eye Test, Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And I saw uh, a little promo uh, announcement from Jimmy about the show today that's coming up later this afternoon. Not just any guest, the Wrecking Ball, Mark Recky, going to be a guest today on uh, the eye test with Jimmy and Pierre. So uh, I'll be tuning in at 4 p.m. Eastern. You guys should as well uh, in an hour from now. But uh, Jimmy, welcome in. Hey, how you doing, guys? And actually, uh, Ian, I, I got to correct you. That was actually Wednesday. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, you're probably, you know, what? you're looking at the pin tweet, I bet. Because it's pinned yeah. at the top. Okay, That's Wednesday's show. Okay, good yeah. to know. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can get that, though. Just go to our YouTube page or any of the uh, the podcast platforms, and uh, you can tune into that. So he was he was great, uh, as always. Rex was real fun. Uh, and um, yesterday, we actually had on a longtime uh, hockey journalist. He used to work. He started up sort of the NHL broadcasting department back in the 80s, uh, Stu Hackle. And today, we've got uh, Northeastern Athletic Director Jim Madigan. Who is a longtime head coach at Northeastern? Nice. Yep, coached a lot of NHLers. Is very familiar with a lot of prospects, a lot of a lot of Habs players, a lot of Northeastern Habs players on there because of Kent Hughes. His son, of course, plays for Northeastern, um, so he'll be on to talk about uh, kind of Northeastern hockey, college hockey, and what have you. The Bean Pot's coming up here in Boston, so that's right. uh, a big thing. So we'll get that going. But yeah, it's going great. And how about you guys? Yeah, it's going well. Uh, it's going well. Uh, keeping busy. Um, and uh, like I say, fr uh, Friday is the one day where at 4 p.m. Eastern, I've got no shows. I've got not, I've, I've got free oh, nice. time. I don't have to run errands. And Friday's always the day I'm usually tuning in live. The other episodes I'll watch archived at uh, mm -hmm. some point. So I'll be tuning in later. Uh, the eye test, make sure you check that yeah. out. Jimmy M Murphy and Pierre Maguire. Yeah, I'll see you there a lot. Yeah, yeah, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Watching no it. Doubt. Yeah, I finally absolutely. got into the chat last Friday. Uh, yeah, that was great. So, yeah, which was good to see. I said, I'm going to chime in here, say hello. Uh, great show. Make sure you check that out. How about the Bruins? We'll talk about, because we talked about them already when we did the recap, losing in Vegas. Uh -huh. Is it glass half full or, well, I think it's probably more glass half empty injury-wise right now. I mean, that was a right. rough road trip as far as the injury situation is concerned. I mean, the Bruins got eaten alive there on this road trip with Brandon Carlo, IR, Patra all of a sudden injured. And, of course, mm -hmm. Linus Allmark goes without saying his injury, which means Swayman and, of course, Brandon Bussey had to get called up uh, from yeah. the uh, AHL. Uh, and then, of course, the results on the road trip so far. Where is it? Glass half full, glass half empty. You got a point in each game, but you didn't get a W in any of those games against Arizona, Colorado, and Vegas. So yeah. how do you look at these three road games uh, as far as the results? And obviously the injuries are not good, but the results. Yeah. Is it good they got a point, or is it worse that they didn't get a single win? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, these late games, and they've been going to extra time in every single game. Now, I'm I'm back east. I'm not traveling with the team this year. Um, but I'm still covering it off the TV. I'm still writing two stories when it's done. And, you know, so I'm not, I'm not finishing writing until about two 33 in the morning, most of these nights, uh, this past week. So, uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, from a personal standpoint and 
frustration and fatigue, I, I was like, screw this. What am I staying up for this crap? You know, like after that, that overtime goal, I mean, I don't know what happened between Brad Marchand and David Pasenak there, just complete miscommunication. And uh, I'm actually in, you know, this is the first time I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Apparently they got into a big tiff. Uh, after they skated off the ice, they were screaming at each other in the room. I saw Pasternak gesturing to somebody. I assume that was to him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? He's probably thinking the same thing that Pasta. was. Well, it kind of looked like it looked like Pasta, which he should think, uh, thought that Marshan. I forget who the trailer was. Was it was it Stone? I think it was so. Very, yeah. yeah. So I think he's thinking Mar Marshan's going to get Stone right, but then he doesn't, and then Stone comes across, and I think Pasta. Now, this is where he's at fault. He's thinking counter already because he's thinking offense, offense, offense. Let Marshy go back and cover that guy and then get the puck back going the other way. I don't know. It was a mess. But when I woke up this morning feeling much more refreshed and I kind of rewatched a lot of the highlights and kind of thought about this trip, and I look at that that whole play encapsulates what I'm going to say here is that they're just tired, man. They're beat. This is the ebb and flow of a season uh, you know, like you just mentioned, the injuries are catching up to them. They're finally, they've been lucky. One of the few teams that haven't really been ravaged by key injuries. Uh, but that's catching up to them now. And, and let's not forget, they played three quality teams in a row. I mean, you had Colorado and Arizona on a back-to-back. -back. You're in a different time zone. Then you got to go to the Pacific time zone. Yeah, you've got a day off, but that's just an adjustment day. And then you're playing the Vegas Golden Knights who are hungry because they've been struggling and they're coming off the tail end there. And they, they ran into another hot goalie. Lo Logan Thompson was awesome. So um, I, I look at it half full. I mean, you got three points so far out of those three games. Hey, not bad. Do they need to clean things up and extra time and, and, and maybe be a little more focused and attentive? Yeah. But I think you credit that to fatigue. Um, but I think tomorrow is really a, a telling point of where they're at as they close out the trip in St. Louis. I know the Blues beat the Rangers the other night, but still, on paper, the Bruins should beat the Blues, and maybe they catch a Blues team feeling a little too good about themselves, and they can take a, take advantage of that. We'll see. And then they've got a huge home streak coming up. Tough teams again, Jersey, Colorado. Um, I don't have the rest of them right in front of me, but they've got some tough games coming up at home. So re let's revisit this maybe two Fridays from now, Ian and see where they're at when they hit their bye before the All-Star break, no. then I'll kind of really evaluate, okay, what is this Bruins team? But right now, I just credit it to fatigue. Yeah. And, and look, who every who's not going through a funk or a rut or a skid? Yeah. At some point? And look at are going through their skid. Vegas has gone through their skid. Yep. A lot of teams. Colorado did. Colorado yeah. did, yep. Yeah. Look at the Kings. Yeah. What the hell is yeah. wrong with the LA Kings right now? That's right. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing. You know, we, we, I talked about it earlier at the show when we were talking about Merzlikens about some of, you know, how we had, we're just now getting back to a balanced schedule for the second time in the last five calendar years. That's so we're now team. starting to see the dog days of the season again. We haven't seen this yep. in three years. And, and mm -hmm. this is, this is normal. This is how it was in 2014 and 15 and 16 when you had full season. Yep. So, uh, yeah. You know, I, I think that it's it's catching people off guard. It's catching betters off guard, and it really shouldn't. This is kind of the pace in which it goes, and the parity too, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know I've been thinking about that lately. I, a part of me kind of misses the days of having some dynasties, and you can't really find that. It's hard to get, obviously, in the cap world. But you know, this is the league now. I mean, look at the parity across the league. I mean, how many teams are still in it at this point? 
you know, 10, 15 years ago, we couldn't say that really. Um, yeah. But more and more, we're seeing more parity. And, you know, it's it's anyone's ball game out there. So, I mean, I know they use the term in football, but any given night in hockey too, any given yeah. game, any yeah. given Sunday. That's exactly it. And the most nights, the absolute best of the best in the NHL is not ha- hands down above and beyond better than the w- worst team mm-hmm. in the NHL. And you're seeing that often. Uh, you're seeing that quite a bit. Uh, there's no question. That's why you see nights, especially when San Jose, you know, months ago, they beat Detroit. And, you know, they had these wins where it's like, holy shit, they actually uh, beat the Devils, you know, yep. on that road trip. I mean, that's that's what's capable of happening any given night, no doubt, in the NHL. Uh, Jimmy, the two games tonight, we already talked Nashville-Dallas. Uh, anything betting-wise that you're leaning with there? Yeah, I mean, I would I would stay on the Sagan wagon. I heard you say that. He's been he's been great lately. Yep. Uh, really found, found his game, and he's been carrying that team. So I, I would definitely jump on a, a goal, point, assists, all sorts of props for him. Um, but other than that, did, I don't know. Like this game, I don't have a feel for a side on this at all, so I'm just going to stay away. And, of course, our guy who was on the show last uh, yesterday, he was with us, Jimmy, last week, Matt Robinson. Uh, on this show, he, yeah. he knows Sagan. He's been he talked to Sagan a couple of times, so there there's a connection there. And uh, oh, cool. yeah, Sagan's uh, Sagan's playing great right now. Uh, there's no yeah. question uh, about that. He's been in absolutely great form. So I think of all the Dallas props, and I know I've mentioned Marchment, Duchesne, and certainly Robertson starting to heat up. But I think number one prop right now for me with Dallas would be Tyler Sagan. All right, Philadelphia, Minnesota, the other game on this Friday night. We've got even money, minus 110 both sides, five and a half the total in this game. I was very impressed with Jamie Drysdale in this Flyers debut against Montreal just for the fact that this team's power play was embarrassingly bad, horrible, horrendous. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, here's Jamie Drysdale, Flyers debut. They score a power play goal, and he has a great assist on it, the goal scored by Morgan Frost against Montreal the other night uh, to tie that game. And he's going to make a difference and he's certainly going to make that power play better. Everyone raves about his skating ability, his lateral movement as well for a defenseman. Uh, Everybody really liking that characteristic uh, of Jamie Drysdale's game. Certainly the ability to make things happen offensively. Uh, We'll see if uh, the Flyers uh, who got that three, two win in a shootout against Montreal can keep it going tonight against a Minnesota team that still very much banged up. There's no question. Uh, Kaprizov still out. Your two best defensemen, Brodine and Spurgeon, uh, are still out of the lineup. Uh, that being said, they are getting a little bit healthy, at least a modest amount of health starting to creep back in for the uh, Wild. Uh, Zuccarello is back. Marcus Foligno is back. Uh, Marcus Johansson, who was also banged up for a bit, is also back in the lineup. So they're starting to get, at least up front, they're starting to get more healthy outside of Kirill Kaprizov. But they are still struggling mightily. Uh, that was a awful showing for their uh, debuting young goalie, Jesper Volstead, uh, the other night uh, against Dallas, 7-2. to mm. And credit to Terry Edelman, who said, I would not put Volstead in for his first NHL start in that spot against Dallas. They did anyway. John Hines did anyway. And it ended up being a rough night for him and for the team uh, against the Dallas Stars. So the one hesitancy I have in this game is, you know, the, considering betting against a team that's off that kind of loss, seven to two beat down, you, you would think they're going to want to bounce back, play a lot better, especially when you've got a pretty emotional uh, GM at times like Bill Guerin, who, you know, you think Bill Guerin's enjoying watching oh, that seven to two loss uh, in the press box? No, 
uh, at not at all, but they're just too banged up. There's too many injuries right now for this Minnesota team. I really think that's trouble. Uh, Carter Hart and Marc-Andre Fleury looks like that's going to be the starting uh, goaltending uh, battle here uh, in this game with Flyers and Wild. I'm going to take Philly here uh, at around minus 110 to minus 115, you know, close to even money. I like the fly. I think the Flyers can find a way to get it done. This is a slumping Minnesota team, but I like the draw even more uh, in mm. this game. It's a phenomenal draw candidate. Minnesota, I think, will play better. They'll play tough. They'll, I think they'll be competitive. They'll be right in this game. Flyers, often when they win, too, they don't win by margin. Look at the last two wins they had, one goal victories, uh, both of them. They've been an overtime team lately as well, including the last game against Montreal. Two of the last three meetings between the Flyers and the Wild have gone past regulation, including the last time in Minnesota here at XL Energy Center between these two teams. So I like Philly, and I like this draw just as much, if not more. And again, we can get a really nice price on the draw, plus 340 uh, at FanDuel uh, for the draw in this one. Uh, Alex, uh, Flyers, Wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the draw here as well. I saw it as high as plus 380 earlier. I grabbed 360. I'm seeing now between 320 and 340. So grab that as soon as you can. And That's way now. more movement on a draw bet than I, I'm accustomed to. Wow. It's, it's draw season yeah. and the books are paying yeah. attention now. So yeah. we we have to react accordingly and, and grab things as soon as possible. So uh, when you see games you really like in the morning, try to grab them as quick as you can. That being said, with these two teams – I expect to see, like I said, a much more inspired Minnesota effort. But we know what style of hockey they're going to be playing. That's mostly defensive. They're going to mm-hmm. have that energy in the first 20 minutes, try and get a goal or two, and then they're going to try and sit on it. And then even if they're down a goal or two, they're still going to shell up and you know try to force you to, to make mistakes to get uh, chances to score. That lends itself to the draw, even though they're not a team that's going to be in playoff contention. But now you flip it on Philadelphia side, same kind of style, like to play defensive. They're a team that want to get points, especially on the road. Everything's going to be business-like on the road, especially with Tortorella. Uh, you see that he's not playing around. Couldn't care less about Bobby Brink being back at home and his family might have tickets. He's putting Nick Deloria in because he feels that's the best matchup. So we're going to see uh, you know, some tough defensive hockey here, and this game just feels like it's going to be 2-2 or 3-3 after 60. So definitely loving the draw. All right, liking the draw here as well, Alex, with Philadelphia and Minnesota. Jimmy, what do you think here? Flyers wild. Yeah, I'm with you guys on the draw as well, and I like the theory. Like Minnesota, I think, is going to come out really focused. So I'm going to go with the Minnesota puck line in the first, but then I, I eventually think Philly ties them and sends it to an overtime. I'm also going to get on the uh, the Owen Tippett train, guys. He's been playing really well for Philly lately, Really turning up the heat. So give me the goals. I'm looking at a plus 150 right now for him to be a goal scorer tonight. Yeah, no doubt. He's in He's in one of those zones right now. Uh, Owen Tippett for the Philadelphia Flyers. It seems the puck on his stick, and it's going in the net right now uh, at a pretty high rate. Uh, and again, with his uh, numbers lately, they've been very good uh, for this team. Konechny obviously has had a great season, but lately he's been heating up. And don't look now, but four points. Uh, Three assists, three points in the last four games for Jamie Drysdale. I don't know about scoring a goal. You could take a shot, but if you can find any assist props, you know, on Jamie Drysdale tonight, I think it's definitely worth a look uh, here. Power play point, by the way, plus 550. Why not? Got a power play point the other night. I think it's worth it there, guys, especially at that value. But just be careful with him tonight because I'm just thinking of the human element. He comes in the other night. He's riding – just a momentum wave, right? He just got traded. He's in a new city, a new team. Yep. The adrenaline's yep. flowing. 
That's now had 48 hours to kind of die down. And the reality of his situation, too, is probably set in emotionally like, holy shit, I just moved. I'm away from my former teammates, my good friends now. I'm in a whole new place. What is this new city I'm in? So I think the gravity of being traded mentally may be coming down on him right now and tonight. So I just wonder, you know, could he be up for maybe an off night um, as his body and his brain acclimate to what just happened? Well, yeah, okay, that, that's a that's a decent point, but the Flyers were on the road their last game, right? No, at yeah. home. Right. They were oh, at the, home. oh, they were at home. Well, they were at home. Okay, so right. So 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 he traveled right and right. He left he yeah. left from Nashville, traveled to, to the game, and now he's traveling with the team. So do you think that that was set in now, or do you think that might set in later once that's he's a good point? Philly, he's got his apartment or his housing situation yeah. set up. Okay, so he hasn't had time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point there. Good catch. Because they're on the road. That does make a difference. I'm with you, Alex. All right. I, I you know what? I stand corrected. That that is a good point because you're right. You're moving. You're moving. Move. 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 So he hasn't yeah. really had time to kind of no. what the hell just happened. Have that a business trip now. Yeah. You're going on the road. Yeah. But that's yeah. something yeah. to look for yeah. in the next week or two, though. Definitely. Yeah. That, when they get home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they spend the weekend on the road. They're in Minnesota tonight. They're in Winnipeg uh, tomorrow night against the uh, Jets. So uh, yeah. that's the uh, Philly schedule here uh, over the uh, weekend. Uh, yeah, you're right. As far as props, I'd look in that direction. Uh, as far as minutes uh, for uh, Owen Tippett for Philly, Drysdale, either goal or assist for uh, for the uh, Flyers. And for Minnesota, um, you know, I don't know how much scoring they're going to do tonight. We know the Flyers, when they're on their game, can be stingy. But it looks like Hartman's, Hartman and Boldy, I would stand with those two guys right now. Boldy and Hartman, they're both going to be on the top line, it looks like, tonight with Zuccarello uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So uh, I think there's some opportunities for them as far as props are concerned tonight. All right, uh, before we get into Bargain Bin Special of the Night, best bet, we uh, shout out our sponsors, Boston Hemp Inc., of course, for Beantown Friday. Every Friday they sponsor the show. We shout out to them. Uh, Jimmy, um, obviously tomorrow is a huge card, 16 games, all 32 NHL teams. What's the Pierre Maguire, Jimmy Murphy text, uh, number of texts back and forth during a crazy-ass Saturday like that tomorrow (laughs) with 32 teams and 16 games? I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at probably – like 40. <laughs> there you go. It's a there lot. You go. Commenting on all the Saturday action as you Yeah, no, it's, every it's, team it's been good, man. It's uh it's it's really been a lesson watching these games now through the eyes of Pierre, uh, who scouted the game for so long. I'm I've been I'm learning a lot every night. So um it's just you know it, it it's good too for me because when the Bruins are playing, I have to keep my eye on that pretty much. You know, I'm 80% focused on that. So yep. He's picking up all the scraps all over the NHL, and then in the morning we'll kind of we'll brainstorm and revisit for the for the next show. Yeah, there we go. That guy, uh, that guy's got energy to burn. I'll, that's a two, and that's another thing. Like me, he's like just he's got to yeah. he watch the seven eight hours of hockey and not be tired. And you know who he's on the phone with? It's six a.m. every morning. Scotty Bowman. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And that interview with check should check that out. It was done a few several that was weeks funny. ago. Yeah. Scotty Bowman yeah, interview was good. great. You talk about stories and uh, yeah. experiences from three decades of hockey, Montreal from the seventies all the way through to Detroit in the nineties and into yeah. the two thousands. So incredible uh, stuff there. And I love the story about Scotty getting the skate on the ice there at the end when he called it <laughs> a career. 
great, great, great recount of that moment in his life. No doubt uh, about that. So anything from Saturday, Jimmy, uh, you want to talk about or throw out there, or the Bruins in particular? I know yeah, they're in St. I mean, Louis tomorrow night. I, I kind of do. I like, I like, I think the Bruins, I could, I think I'm going to give you a Jimmy puck line for that. I like the puck line for the Bruins tomorrow. I think they finished the trip off strong. Um, I think, you know, that's probably the, the, the main message right now uh, on their flight last night. And now that they're in St. Louis, I, I think they're, They'll, they'll be focused to clean things up. And I would look maybe, too, in that game at the under as well. Um, I, I think that if I know Jim Montgomery, he's got them really focused on playing a much better defensive game. I know last night was a 2-1 game, and it was quite defensive. But if you look at the chances they uh, Vegas got and the two goals that they scored, they were just complete – I mean, we already discussed the overtime one, but even yeah. the Eichel one in regulation, just utter – utter defensive breakdowns. I mean, just that's the just easiest brutal. two on one conversion you'll ever see. The Vegas yeah. I mean, did you see stone's face? He's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank right. you. Thanks yeah. for the late Christmas gift two weeks late. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> so I, I would think they, they're tightening it up on that front. The big question we have to wonder now is do they give Brandon Bussey his first NHL start? So something to watch there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I say, will he or will he just ride the pine and just be a backup and only go in for an know. emergency, like what Dennis Hildeby went through uh, just now with Toronto? So that's going to be the big uh, question. Will he get in there for a uh, start? Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat, two hundred live viewers. We appreciate it. Hit the like button uh, if you haven't done so already, and of course, Patreon.com/slash Ice Guys. Just ten dollars per month. Our daily sides, totals, player props you can find there. Uh, goalie charts, totals, charts, and more. We've got bonus videos and shows coming in the new year later on. And, of course, our first exclusive Patreon live betcast toward the end of January. So make sure you get on board. $10 per month, which uh, ensures we keep the show going for a long, long time. Your support at patreon.com slash guys, just $10 per month. And our main betcast here in January Available to everyone, to the public, free for all. The Ice Guys Live Betcast, Tuesday, January 16th. Next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're looking forward to it. Of course, we'll be on for the most of the evening. Uh, make sure you tune in, of course. A huge card next Tuesday. Uh, DM me or Alex, uh, and we will send you the StreamYard link for uh, the uh, Betcast before uh, it gets underway next Tuesday. January 16th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. As always, we shoot the shit. We watch the games with live bets, a few pops, a few brown pops, a few drinks. Uh, <laughs> always fun. The Ice Guys live betcast next Tuesday. Make sure uh, you join us for that. All right, before we get to Bargain Bin Special and Best Bet for wrapping up the show, of course, we've got to hear from our great Friday sponsors, Boston Hemp Inc.
thing I love about the Boston and pink containers in those ads is they look like hockey pucks. It's great. Yeah. They, they really, really do. Very fitting for fitting for a hockey show. No doubt about that. So make sure you check them out for all your CBD products and needs. Boston Hemp Inc., a proud sponsor of Beantown Friday here on the Ice Guys. All right. It is time for and yeah, uh, great comments from a couple of people about the not being on YouTube anymore, the the, the posts and the subscription uh, wall and all that. We liked it when it was on YouTube, too, but they didn't like it, apparently, when it was on YouTube. So that's the issue right now. So that's why we're migrating at the moment to uh, Patreon. So, again, patreon.com slash iceguys with that. All right, bargain bin special of the night for only two games tonight to choose from. But, Alex, have you got anything from the bargain bin tonight? I unfortunately do not. I I was digging around trying to find something, and I just couldn't come up with anything tonight. So definitely we'll have something for tomorrow with everybody uh, in the pool, so to speak, but uh, passing on the bargain bin tonight. All right, no problem there, Jimmy. Any bargain bin player? No. Yeah, I got one. I'm going to look in the uh, in the Flyers Wild game, and I mean it's it's not a huge bargain, but I'm liking Morgan Frost at 350 to score. I, he scored the last game, and he's playing better, and he's out of John Tortorella's doghouse, which mm-hmm. is where he was for a bit uh, when he was struggling. So I don't mind that at all. Absolutely, Morgan Frost plus 350. For Jimmy Murphy with his bargain bin a special uh, of the night. Uh, I'm going to actually try to shop around here, see if I can, if there's any, is there is a better price? Oh, plus 430 at FanDuel. Even I might oh, sprinkle yeah. on that. Uh, yeah. Plus 430 at FanDuel. I like that. My bargain bin special of the night is also a flyer, but I've talked myself into that uh, power play point prop for Jamie Drysdale. I like it. Plus 550 uh, at MGM. Uh, I'm going to go with that. He got a power play point in his Flyers debut uh, against Montreal the other night. Uh, so uh, why not? Lightning strike twice here. Jamie Drysdale, power play point plus 550 uh, for my uh, bargain bin special of the night for this Friday card. All right, best bets to wrap it up. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go with the draw in Nashville and Dallas. Like I said, this is a classic draw season setup. You've got two division teams that are battling hard. They always play each other fairly tough. And uh, this seems like a spot where it could be some goals back and forth, but I definitely think it's going to take a little longer than 60 to get it done. So we'll go with Preds, Stars, Draw, plus 360. That's my best bet for this Friday. All right, Nashville-Dallas draw for Alex B. Smith with best bet. Jimmy, what do you got? Two games, any best bet for you tonight? I'm gonna uh, fast forward to tomorrow, guys, with my my best bet, and I'm actually gonna give you two best bets. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one in the NHL and one in the uh, NFL as well, with the playoffs starting up and this great wild card bonanza weekend. Uh, for tomorrow, I'm gonna go with that Bruins puck line over St. Louis, uh, so you get some good value there. I think it's like plus one forty five last I looked, maybe one forty, uh, and then do a little parlay. Give me the Houston Texans money line over the Cleveland Browns. And give me the under in the Kansas City Chiefs-Miami Dolphins game as a parlay. It is going to be, I think I heard this earlier today, guys, the fourth coldest NFL game ever in Kansas City tomorrow uh, with the wind chill. Uh, So keep that in mind. When it's that cold, under tends to rule the day. And I am shocked that it is not under 40 yet. So jump on that if you can. Yeah, that is one game, and you factor in Miami's offensive struggles uh, on the road all season long with Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the offense just haven't been as productive on the road, and then they're going to cold-weather environment, and you think of the fact the Chiefs' offense has been lackluster pretty much all season long, even with Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, who's all screwed up and can't make simple catches anymore since he met Taylor 
uh, and that's all of a sudden an issue. Uh, and uh, so, you know, the offense has been out of sync, but the Chief defense has been really good. You know, the Chief yeah. defense is why they've won most of the games they've won uh, this year. So uh, definitely feels like a low-scoring game, and I'm with you on Houston. People, I know the rookie quarterback in the first playoff game is usually a negative and a bad long-term straight-up in ATS uh, trend, but uh, I believe in Stroud. Have you watched him this season? I believe no, he's in Stroud. Did. He's really yeah. good. He's poised. He's unreal. And, like, you're going to take Joe Flacco against that? All right. That's what I was going to say. Not only do I believe in Stroud, well, but, but he's played well. But he's also, great, you know, but this, yeah. watched the last few games with Flacco. He has thrown a ton of balls, contested yeah. footballs into coverage, and gotten away with it. Oh, I know, but, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and, I think, and a uh, good look. Yeah. Go ahead. A good look when you talk about that under in KC and uh, Miami. You could tease – you know, you don't really want to tease uh, totals in the regular season, but you could easily tease that total with also the total in Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great call, man. Another one. Great yeah. call. Yeah, you can tease them both because the oh. under's been hammered for weather-related reasons in both Yeah, yeah. You get right I'm back hoping... to the opening number with a teaser. So Yeah, yeah. guys, I'm hoping it stays that way because I'm in, I'm in New Hampshire until tomorrow. I met my girlfriends in Portsmouth, and uh, as, unfortunately, it's one of the few states who has not legalized sports gambling. So I am frozen oh, yeah. Yeah. from land. I mean, I could go on an offshore. I know, but yeah. yeah. Um, Jimmy will be hunting down some uh, outs uh, while he's yeah. in New Hampshire tomorrow for a wild card. Well, you know, the thing is, I'm only I'm only about 25 minutes from the border. So I, I'll even drive down and come back maybe after. You you know, I get to you. that border just to get those bets yeah. locked yeah. in. <laughs> in the bar- the parking lot at the, uh, the Welcome Center in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Perfect. Uh, great shit. Good shit. Nice. All right. My best bet for this Friday card. I'm going to do something rarer, a rarity for me, something rare. We're making a draw, a best bet here for this Friday Ooh. night. Draw season, baby. Nice. We're going Philadelphia, Minnesota draw plus 340. Really like that draw. Uh, it's, um, I think, a real great draw potential here with these two teams. Two of the last three meetings have gone past regulation. Minnesota should have a step up effort after the debacle against Dallas. And while Philadelphia, I think, is capable in this game, they don't win games by margin very often. I think it's a close game with great potential to go past regulation. So Philadelphia-Minnesota draw, plus 340 uh, for my best bet for this Friday NHL card. Uh, That'll wrap things up. Uh, Jimmy, plug the show one more time. Yeah, so you can catch us. We're live uh, Monday through Friday. Not quite every day like you guys, but 4 to 5 p.m., uh, Eastern Monday through Friday on our YouTube channel, the eye tests on the sick podcast network. And of course you can get the downloads later on the, all the podcast platforms. And uh, again, today we've got Northeastern uh, athletic director, Jimmy Madigan coming on. He can wealth of knowledge on uh, a lot of good young players in the NHL that have, uh, you know, got their start at Northeastern and maybe some good players to keep an eye on for the upcoming draft as well. So We'll get into all that with Jimmy. Of course, he won a Stanley Cup as well, guys, with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2009. Uh, and I had the pleasure, ironically, uh, before I even really knew Pierre, but now it's sort of full circle. But I drank out of the cup in Jimmy's backyard in 2009. Wow. I was invited to his Stanley Cup party uh, through Kevin Stevens. So uh, I'm sure we'll bring that story up today for sure. Yeah, anyone asking the link to the eye test show, just search. Oh, you know, I'll, put, I'll the, put it in the, the comments right now. And yeah, put it in the comments. But yeah, just, even on YouTube, you just search sick podcast eye test. Oh, you'll definitely find it. Uh, and all, all podcast platforms, too, like Spotify yeah. and stuff as well. So yeah, yeah, just like our great show. 
uh, all yep. podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Great segue, because that's my closing spiel, and we're at that time. So tune into the podcast when you can't watch the show live. And, of course, we're on daily live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. For Alex B. Smith and for Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Make sure you join us tomorrow, noon Eastern, a huge card, every team in action. Alex, myself, and Zach Urban will be with you. And join us then tomorrow at noon Eastern for the Saturday edition of The Ice Guys. (laughs) 